here together. It's wonderful. God's going to do something marvelous in our lives today. I really, really believe that. And I pray that you would just have your hearts and your minds open as we prepare to hear from the Lord. Father, 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 we love you with all of our hearts. And God, we are thirsty for a move of the Spirit like never before. God, as I come this morning, I am acutely aware, God, that, Father, it is truly all about you. And I'm reminded, Father God, that I am just a vessel. Just here, Lord, as the servant that attends to the customer that come in to be served. I'm just here, Lord, to serve you this morning. And Lord, God, help me, Lord, to serve your people, that my words will not be my words, that my thoughts will be aligned with your thoughts, that I would approach these things, Father God, being led and guided by your Holy Spirit, recognizing, Lord God, that it is you who works in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter number 16. We'll begin reading in verse number 32. The Gospel of John, chapter number 16. We'll begin reading in verse 32 to 33. Indeed, the hour is coming, <clears throat> yes, and has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace in the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Help us, Lord, as we study. We're in our second part of our series. We have been talking about victorious Christian living. This is part two. And today we're going to be talking about the overcoming life. Uh, as we are in the and I'm a big sports fan. I love sports and love watching ESPN. But we're in a season of basketball. And I heard Kobe Bryant made some references uh, to this a couple of days ago when the announcers were talking to him about the NBA championship. And they had actually went seven games with uh, Houston, uh, who was the opposing team. And a lot of people were somewhat surprised who know sports and who watch the NBA. They were somewhat surprised and said, how is it that the Lakers, who are supposed to be a good team, uh, so much better than the Houston Rockets, how is it that they allow them uh, you know, to, to beat them three games? And Kobe Bryant said something that I think is profound, I think is very relevant to our lives as believers. Kobe said, you know, nobody expected this to be hard. He said, when we came into this thing, we understood that it was going to be very difficult. It wasn't going to be a bed of roses whereby we just simply show up and we defeat the opposition. He was simply saying that, that he understood that 
in order for him to win the championship, they would have to go through some very challenging times. I, I think about in, in football, you know, when the offense is trying to get a score, the, the, you know, there's always the defense on the other end. And the defense responsibility is to try to stop the other team from scoring. And one of the things as believers, I think, is important that we understand that our whole life has been designed to overcome. You know, the Bible says that we are to think and not strange when these fiery trials come upon us for our testing. Now, we actually, we do think it's strange at times, don't we? We look at it, we say, well, Lord, why did this have to happen to me? Just like in sports, the whole thing has been set up with opposition. It's been set up with obstacles so that when you do win, you can appreciate it more. I remember years ago when Michael Jordan had won the NBA championship, his first, and there's a picture out there, and I didn't have it. I would have shown it to you this morning, but there's a, a well-known picture of Michael Jordan embracing the NBA trophy. And as he's embracing the trophy, Michael Jordan is crying and he is weeping like a baby. And millions of people are watching him. They're looking at And Michael Jordan, for that moment, he did not care what the people were thinking about him. All he knew was all the blood, the sweat, the tears, and everything that he had to endure in order to win the championship. I was thinking about this when I was preparing for this message. Could you imagine how boring life would be if simply you had everything the way that you just wanted it, right? Think about it. That, that you never had an obstacle. You never had an opposition. I mean, you never had an opposition. That, that every time you wanted things, things just, just open up for you. Can you imagine how boring life would be? But it's something about that that when there's, an obstacle, I mean, when there's an obstacle and when we overcome something, it's something about the victory that makes it that much more sweeter. Because, because there was something that I had to, you know, you don't, they don't hold up the trophy. The trophy is a symbol of victory, a symbol of overcoming difficult things in life, overcoming everything they had to overcome in order to win the championship. Be it, you know, sometimes these guys have, you know, injuries. They have personality conflicts with their, within their own set, within their own uh, organization. They, they have personal illnesses and all kinds of setbacks, and they struggle, and they struggle, and people talk about them, and yet and still, when they hold up their trophy, there's a certain joy that come over their life that they can only experience because they overcame. Did you not know that the whole Christian life is set up for you to overcome? Gospel John says that Jesus says that in this world, in this world, in this here and now, that we're going to have trouble. We, we understand we're, we're going to have troubles and obstacles and challenges. But, but he said, but be of good cheer because I've overcome. And if Jesus have overcome, how do we know we also have overcome with him? You see, as I thought about this, as a believer, we're talking about the life of an overcomer. That people who don't know God, when they overcome in whatever they're doing, they do it for a perishable crown. 
but we do it for an imperishable crown because we know that our works will follow us. And not only that, but watch this. <clears throat> Oftentimes, they don't even know if they're going to win. The advantage that we have as believers is this. We know that we have already won. We are already overcomers. We are already victorious. And so then, no matter what life throws at us, how I many you know life throws things at you all the time? That no matter what life throws at me, I can still hold my head up. I can still keep pressing and believing because I read the end of the book. I have already overcome. Now, now this whole thing, this whole thing of, 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 you know, life is to be, you know, as a Christian, you know, I heard, you know, don't worry about it when I was young and listen to the old folks used to say, you know, everything would just be all right. I know what they meant. But I also know now as a mature believer that this thing is a setup. That God is setting us up. You know, the enemy wants us to fail. He sets us up so that we can fail. But God proves us and tests us so that he can prosper us. He's building endurance in us so that when people can look at your life and say, they keep living like they're overcoming. They don't seem to be uh, overtaken by the circumstances and the challenges of life. They, 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 they seem to have this overcoming attitude. See, we must recognize that from a practical perspective, watch this, that we are supposed to welcome obstacles and trials. You may say, Pastor, that's heresy. What are you talking about? Welcome trials and obstacles? I'm not going to welcome trials and obstacles. You're the, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, the Bible is like, you're to kiss your trials when they come and say, oh, great. A trial today, hallelujah, an obstacle today. Great, come right on in because this is the day that you will be overcome. This is the day that God is going to use this to give me the power to overcome whatever you throw my way. We are to kiss our trials. Many people don't want to kiss their trials. I mean, we spend the majority of our life trying to avoid one. Nobody wants it hard, right? We spend all of our life trying to escape every obstacle and every difficulty. And if and we think to ourselves that God, if I could just, I just don't want this in my life. God, if I didn't have this problem, if I didn't have this obstacle, God, I can do this and I can do that. Couldn't you not imagine that, that the Apostle Paul must have thought the same thing? <laughs> God, why am I stuck in jail when I can very well be out here preaching the gospel? I can be out doing other things. Why am I stuck in here? God, this does not make any sense to me. You see, uh, the Apostle Paul understood <laughs> that he used to live a life of an overcomer. So he kissed his trials. Well, Pastor, where did you get that from? I'm glad you asked. Turn to James chapter 1. Now, <laughs> this is a phenomenal passage of scripture, I believe. Because it brings into context what we're talking about this morning as it relates to obstacles and living a life as an overcomer. Because it is high time that we begin to understand and know for a fact that we've overcome and that God expects us to live an overcoming life every day, practically speaking, every day that we're to live a life of overcoming. But look what he says in James chapter 1, verse number 2 and I think verses 2 to 4. Watch this. He says, my brethren, count it all joy. 
Remember I talked about kissing your trials, being happy about your trials. When you fall into various, that means all kinds of stuff, <laughs> trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. He says to count it all joy. But wait a minute. I, how can I count what just happened to me all joy? I mean, God, God, what do you mean? This doesn't make sense to me. Why would you say to me, count it all joy? He says that when you look at the totality of your situation, when it's all said and done, count it up as joy. Kind of like the person that takes a test. You know what that's like these days. That sometimes you, you may get a series of A's, <laughs> but every now and then you might sneak in a C, a C plus. And, but, but, but when this whole thing is averaged up, you still come out an A or B. Why? It's not that that C was something that you wanted. It just was a part of the equation. You learn from that. But when you add the whole thing up, count it up as joy. I am still on top. See, everything that happens in your life is not all good. He did not say that all of these things are going to be good. He just said, count it up as good. Glory to God. That we're to count it all as joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all as joy when you have to endure difficult situations. Why? Because you are already an overcomer anyhow. So that's why the Bible says that we don't act like other people when we have a defeat in our lives. That we don't have to walk around talking about I'm going to commit suicide and you know we don't have to walk around talking about oh woe is me. Every time the Bible says that the righteous man falls seven times and every time he falls he gets right back up. There's always a bounce to his step. Why? Because I know that I've overcome. I've overcome. So I can count it up as joy because I know, how many know that we can be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the works of the Lord because I know that it's not for nothing. Glory to God. So when you fall into various trials, this is, this is, this is, this is key because he didn't say if. <laughs> He's accounting all his joy when we fall, which suggests that out of 100%, this 100% is going to happen. I don't care what level you are on life. You can be rich, poor, in between. It does not matter. At some level, you're going to encounter a trial. It's, it's going to happen. The question is, watch this now. This is important. What will you do when it comes? You remember we talked about a moment ago how that the whole games of sports and different, that the whole thing has been set up with obstacles and, and, and difficulties. It's been set up to try to keep you from getting in. Listen, think about it from this perspective. Knowing that the obstacles have been set, that you have to endure and to overcome, knowing that, how will you respond when you do encounter a trial? Will we rebel and protest? God, how could you? 
do this to me. I mean, God, I've served you faithfully. I did this and I've done that. And God, I do not understand, God, why am I going through this? God, what's the wrong, what, what is the problem? I've done everything they said for me to do. God, I don't understand this. Or we would lose heart and quit and say, you know what, God? I'm done. I, I, I'm just going to walk away and just drop this thing because it's simply not working for me. Or we grumble and complain. And we know what God thought about folks that grumble and complain over in the Old Testament. Or would we wallow in self-pity and say, oh gosh, poor me. Or I got a better one for you. We can look at these challenges and these obstacles as an overcomer. We can be exercised by the difficulties and challenges that we face by realizing that these trials have come not to break us, but to mold us and shape my character into what God wants me to be as an overcomer. To look at everything that we deal with in life, that we are supposed to walk in an overcoming spirit, an overcoming attitude. Because these trials are going to come. He says, he goes on to say that the testing of our faith produces patience. As an overcomer, you know one of the things that God is doing in our life, he's building patience. You know, sometimes when things, when we get under the gun, we tend to, to make bad decisions sometimes. Sometimes we make hurried decisions. Sometimes we lose patience and we, we act out of character because we're under pressure. But an overcomer, he doesn't get flustered. He doesn't get flustered like that. You know, the, an overcomer understands when the scripture says, be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted in the earth. God says that I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. You see, an overcomer is not living a life whereby they're just afraid and just, just making all these rational decisions. They're at peace because they understand that the victory is already theirs. They understand that life is not just happening to them, but they understand that God is the captain of their lives and he is organizing and navigating their path toward victory. Because, in fact, we're victors. He says that, goes on to say that we may be perfect and complete. God is, as an overcomer, God is maturing us. You know, one of the things I, I think that is, is so important as believers, you know, we always have several levels in God. They're levels. And, you know, as I think about, as I thought about this, you think about the children of Israel back in the Old Testament, how the, they used to wander around, and they wandered for 40 years. That wasn't what God planned for them. But could you imagine that there were different points in time they would, they would kind of like say, we've been here before. See, God has designed us to be going from glory to glory. And sometimes as believers, sometimes we come to a certain level in God and we keep hitting the ceiling because we get angry. We take our toys and we regress. And so we come back up here and we keep hitting the ceiling. We keep hitting the ceiling. And it's like, God, what's happening? Why can't I seem to get over this thing? Because. We have to come to a place where we allow God to change us, that, 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 that we, have to, we have to die to self and submit ourselves to God and say, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm willing to go through it all. I'm willing to endure. 
and willing to go to the next level. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. So you understand now that you're to count it all joy. You understand that as a life as an overcomer, that these problems, these situations, these obstacles are really by design. And that more than likely, God is not going to remove them out of your way. So if you've been praying and God just simply remove it, he just don't operate that way. I can tell you, I can show you a hundred million ways in the scripture how the God had overcomers throughout the whole book. So think about this. The Apostle Paul, look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. I'm going to read verses 7 through 18. Now you're talking about the life of an overcomer. The Apostle Paul will give us a very nice picture. Look at this. He says now, But we have this treasure in earthen vessel, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. We're always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Look at verse number 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Paul says we have this treasure in earthen vessel. As an overcomer, you have a treasure. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. He's talking there about the power of God. That the power is not of us, but the power is of God. The treasure that we have as believers is the glorious gospel, resurrection power, the abundant life living deep down on the inside of us. You know, when pirates or whoever it was that would go seek out treasure, they would spend all the time and effort trying to seek out treasure because they believed that it was very, very valuable. The Bible says we have this treasure. This is something that we got to understand as Christians. You have, a, you have a treasure down on the inside of you. You have an anointing. You have the power of the Holy Spirit that, in, that enables you every day to overcome in all weathers and all kinds of situations. We have a treasure. We have within us. What everybody else needs. This is the beauty of what we were talking about yesterday. We were sharing with people. That, when, that it should be that when they listen to us talk, that they understand that what all that you're looking for is right in me. That if you can tap into this treasure, you can have the kind of life that God wants you to have. One that is fulfilling. And one that is filled with joy. Paul says that he was hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Hard-pressed. The Apostle Paul, when you study the Apostle Paul's life, what we discover about the Apostle Paul is that this man's life was under stress every single day. He was under some duress every day of his life. Was he not anointed? Yes, nobody would dispute whether or not Paul was anointed. 
Nobody would dispute whether or not Paul could perform miracles, and nobody would dispute the fact that Paul promoted and was the foundational rock to establishing the, the Gentiles, the Gentile church. Nobody would argue with that. But the Apostle Paul, I, I often think it, if, if there was anybody who could kind of say, you know what, I think I'm just going to lay this thing down and just be done with it. If anybody that would quit, would want to quit outside of Jesus because he went through the most difficult of all. I mean, there was nobody that went through Jesus. But I would think the next person was the Apostle Paul. Paul could have just easily said, you know what, <laughs> man, I'm telling you what. Uh, this is more than I bargained for. I, when I came into this thing, I had no idea. I mean, been like a guy. I had no idea that I was going to have to go through this. The whole thing was set up with obstacles from the beginning. God knows that. But look at, look at, watch this. Turn over to chapter number 11. Stay, just keep your finger in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to show you something. You, you've already seen this, but I want to bring it to you in context. Read it in context of this message. But look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 11. Starting at verse number 23. Listen to this. This is amazing. Paul said this. Watch this. Paul says, uh, starting in verse 23, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often in perils of water. In dangers of robbers. In dangers of my own countrymen. In dangers of the Gentiles. In dangers in the city. Dangers in the wilderness. In dangers in the sea. Dangers among false brethren. In weariness and toil, and sleeplessness often, and hunger. I was thirsty, and fasting often, and cold, and in nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. How in the world could Paul overcome all of that? And we get upset because somebody didn't speak to me today. <laughs> If we look at this picture, what was it in the Apostle Paul that made that mean? I mean, he went through this whole series of stuff, but yet you hear nothing about the Apostle, about giving up or quitting. Not one time. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.15, he said this, All those who were in Asia, they turned away from me. At my first defense, nobody stood with me, but all forsook me. I mean, this man had to constantly, he planted churches, the Corinthian church. He would have to go back there and defend his ministry because the people talked about him. They questioned his motive. People that he walked with, churches that he built, people just left him cold hanging. And Paul says nothing about, well, you know what, God, maybe I'm not called to this. No, when Paul said, look, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Glory to God. Paul, over, Paul overcame. He lived an overcoming life. There was nothing in it. He understood how I many know in order to endure what he had to endure. I mean, know that he had to have an understanding that this was supposed to be a part of the equation. <laughs> and Paul just, he, he stood firm. Turning back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, Paul says, he was perplexed. 
but did not despair. Perplexed. You know, the word perplexed means confused. <laughs> I imagine that there were times, Paul said, that there were some times I was just confused. I didn't know what God was doing. <laughs> I know that he, he's in control of my life. I know that he's sovereign. But if you tried to ask me to figure this thing out, I don't have a clue. I am just confused. Paul said there were times when I was perplexed. I did not have clarity on exactly what God was doing. But even though I was confused, even though I did not have all the answers, I mean, no, you're not going to get all the answers. You just might as well get a reality check. Paul said even though I was confused and I was perplexed at times, I did not despair. I didn't. I didn't quit. I, I, I knew I didn't have all the answers. I didn't fully understand the equation, but I still know that I'm an overcomer. I still know that I already have the victory. Therefore, even though I don't, I'm, I, I don't have all the answers, I'm putting my faith and my trust in his will. He said he was persecuted. But not forsaken. How many know that those who live God in Christ, you're going to experience some persecution? That's the way that it is. <laughs> no matter what you do, there'll be some people that will find a way to make life difficult for you. <laughs> Keep dealing with people. They will find a way. But Paul said in overcoming, he said, yeah, there were times, brother, when I was persecuted. I mean, people mess with me. They gave me a hard time, but I knew I wasn't by myself. So what, what kept Paul going? Paul knew that Jesus was right there with him and that, that, you know what? I can endure this thing. I can endure. I could go through this thing. I was persecuted, but I ain't forsaken, though. There have been some folks that have mistreated me. There have been some folks that have went the other way on me. But I have not, I, I have not despaired to the point of walking away because I know Jesus is with me. I know he's with me. I ain't forsaken. You may forsake me, but I know Jesus has not forsaken me. So therefore, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. He says, I was struck down, but not destroyed. Struck down. As I thought about that passage of scripture, Paul said, I was struck down. It, it, it brought to mind that a boxer who's fighting another opponent that he's getting in his jabs and he's winning the fight. Looking good. I mean, his, his right hand jab is working well, the left, the uppercut, everything is going well. If you look at the scorecard, he's winning by a mile. And then all of a sudden, all of nowhere comes a blow. Boom! It drops him right down. Came out of nowhere. How many of you have ever experienced that? All of a sudden, you're living life, life going well for you, and all of a sudden, you, you receive a blow, and it's like, oh, I, I never saw that one coming. It's a part of a part. Paul said, look, here's the, here's the idea. Paul said, I've been struck down sometimes. There was sometimes I got a blow. I had no idea this thing was coming my way. I didn't see it coming, but you know what? He said, even though I was struck down, it didn't destroy me. <laughs> it did not destroy me. I mean, I didn't see it coming. See, you live long enough as a Christian, young people, you're going to understand. You're going to get struck down sometimes. But it's not about just getting struck down. It's about what you do after you get punched. You get thrown with a blow because there are some folks that say, well, you know what? <laughs> You'll just walk away and say, well, God must have deserted me. Paul said, I ain't forsaken. Paul said, I was struck down. But what doesn't kill me is going to make me stronger. What doesn't kill me 
It's going to strengthen me. It's going to build me into my destiny and my purpose. Paul said, I was struck down. But I'm not destroyed. I was wounded. Sometimes in life, we're going to receive wounds. Sometimes things are going to hurt, but I am still not destroyed. You cannot defeat me because I'm an overcomer. I cannot die. You can't do nothing. The worst that you can do to me is hurt the body. You can't do anything to me. I've already overcome. I've overcome. This is what Paul understood. Paul says we are always, he said, listen, he said we're always being delivered to death. In other words, he's talking there about dying to yourself. See, one of the things about an overcomer, an overcomer from a practical standpoint, we understand that positionally, you're a believer that we've overcome. We understand that. But from a practical matter, a practical standpoint, that we are to be overcoming situations and circumstances that have come our way every single day. That we're to get up and say, you know what, today, Lord, I'm going to overcome. Whatever happens to me today, I'm going to come out on top. When I, when I get through with this thing, I'm going to come back. I'm going to greet you with a prayer at night. I am going, Lord, to defeat. I am going to overcome. I will not be destroyed. Why? Because I'm dead. I mean, no, you can't hurt a dead man. <laughs> yeah, you go to a funeral and try to wake somebody who's dead. You know, make sure that Jesus ain't there because, you know, something might happen. But for the most part. When a man or a woman is lying in the casket, you can't hurt them. You know why? Paul says, we're dying every day to myself. I'm, I'm a, see, an overcomer, he just dies to himself. That's why you can't, you can't touch him. <laughs> you, can, you can't, you can, there's no trial, there's no circumstance that you can bring, that you can bring it, uh, to the overcomer that will make him say, you know what, I can't handle this. Because listen, I'm, I'm dying every day to myself. I'm alive to him. Whatever it is that he wants to do in my life. It's okay with me. It's okay. Bring the trials on. Why? Because I'm coming out on top every time. Why? I'm an overcomer. That's what I am. That's how I live my life. Paul says, he goes on to say, I like this. He says, watch this. He says, I believe in verse 13 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, I believe, therefore I spoke. (laughs) Over to God. He says, I believe. Therefore, I spoke. Now, he doesn't deny the reality of his circumstances. You remember how people used to say, the name and the claim of study. Oh, I believe that, uh, that, you know, I'm not sick, but they're sitting there with snot running out their nose. They're coughing. Oh, you know, I'm not sick. <laughs> I'm looking at you. You're sick. But, but what Paul is saying, we don't deny the reality of what's happening. We just believe that we're not going to stay there. Hallelujah. We just believe that we're coming out. So Paul said, look, I believe, so I speak. That's why it's important to speak words of faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The more I hear it, the more I generate faith to believe that my situation will change. How many know it will change? Glory to God. Paul says, so I believe, so I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak what I believe God is going to do in this situation. It is not going to take me down. You might have punched me, devil, but it ain't over yet. Oh, no, no, no. You might, you might think you want a couple of skirmishes here, but it's not over. Because overcomers, they understand it's not over. Overcomers don't think about quitting. Overcomers never think about defeat. Overcomers are always saying, you know, this is hard, but I'm coming up out of this. I'm coming up out of this. I believe, therefore I spoke. In conclusion, look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I believe, therefore I speak. 
Look at Romans chapter number 8, verse 31 through 37. Paul, awesome. He says in verse number 31 of Romans chapter 8, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 37, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, when we conquer, if you just simply conquer, it gives the idea that that, you know, you got a couple of bruises, you got whacked, and you won, but you barely won. You know, you, you got over the finish line. I mean, you won, but you conquered. I mean, when it was all said and done, you came out on top. That's the idea of a conqueror. But he says when you're more than a conqueror, see, that is a compound Greek word. And what he says there, and we says that we more, we're more than conquerors, it means that that, that, that we over-conquer. <laughs> we don't just conquer. We win and blow out fashion. Glory to God. You are, listen, you are, you are never under any threat of losing. You know, every now and then you watch those track stars sometimes, and, and you'll see the, the front runner, he's racing, and he's going so fast, and you don't see number two nowhere in the picture. It's like, man, I mean, where is number two? Where is he? Or Michael Phelps, the swimmer. You know, he's, he's good. He's, I mean, I used to watch him every now and then. I just catch the screen at a certain time. And I would see Michael Phelps way ahead. I'm like, where's number two? I mean, that brother didn't just conquer. He overconquered. That's what God is saying that we are. He said, you're more than a conqueror. You blow the thing up. You, you just, look, you win in a blowout fashion. Because Jesus secured the victory for you. This is who we are. We're more than just, we ain't just, listen, God doesn't mean for us to just walk around barely making it, trying to do, no, no, we're more than conquerors. We don't just conquer, we blow the thing out of the water. We, it's not even close, glory to God. I mean, no, Satan ain't nowhere, he can't do nothing to us. We've won this thing in blowout fashion. So with that being said, you see, we're talking about victorious Christian living. So now you understand, okay, I'm, I'm going to receive obstacles. And you, you, know, you, you know now that the field is designed with obstacles, but that's all a part of God's plan. That's what God do because God ain't going to move them out of the way. I hate to tell you that. I mean, I wish I could tell you, said, man, tell you, it's going to be okay. God's going to just open up the door, and everything's just going to happen just the way you want it. You know, nobody appreciates a victory. You know, it's kind of like our kids. You know, if you give them everything. We always say they'll never preach. They'll grow up and they'll just, they don't understand the value of something. But boy, when you really had to go through a, some stuff to get what you got, 
there, there's, there's a feeling of fulfillment. You feel like Superman. You feel like you can just stick your chest out. You feel like, man, you can just conquer the world because, in fact, you have <laughs> conquered the world. The devil spends so much time trying to tell us that we lose. He, he gets us to focus on, we get tunnel vision, this little piece, and we don't see the big picture. One of the things we got to always do with ourselves is force yourself to always look at the big picture. It's not just about what you can see and hear. It's about the big picture. God always think big. When we want to get the mind of God, we got to think big. we got to think bigger than where we are and understand that you have the victory. Amen. Let's bow our heads as we pray.